Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. You can listen to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat live or on demand with our free WSBT radio app. Just search WSBT radio in the App Store and Google Play. Now, back to local sports talk on Sports Beat with your host, Darren Pritchett. 17 days away from the Irish and the Buckeyes from the Horseshoe in Columbus. My next guest will be enjoying that ball game live from the press box about six miles in the air based on just driving by the old horseshoe when Notre Dame hockey plays at Ohio State. I'm talking about Tyler Horka, the Notre Dame football beat reporter for Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. Just on the outside looking into the stadium, Tyler, I have to imagine there is not a steeper upper deck in all of college football. I don't know how some of the fans that have had a few beverages before the game don't fall down those stairs and and crash. I'm assuming you have not been there? Never been there. Definitely looking forward to it, but perhaps looking forward to it a little less based on what you're telling me right now. That said, <laughs> I've been in some pretty some pretty steep press boxes where binoculars are required, so it wouldn't be anything new but you, you might be right it might be the steepest so I'll, I'll have to let you know 2006 fiesta bowl notre dame ohio state at sun devil stadium it took me 10 minutes for my body to adjust we were so high i had a weird feeling like i was going to black out we were so high in the air i don't think you're that high but it, it seems high but you can tell me the full story when you get back from Columbus. Well, an interesting day at practice today. Xavier Watts is back at wide receiver. Not a big surprise. Some Irish offensive linemen were not at practice today. We don't know why yet. It sounds like Chancey Stuckey was making diving catches on gymnastic padding as well. So a lot of things happening. What do you think is the top thing you learned or saw during the practice time today? I think the Xavier Watts thing probably trumps all of the missing offensive linemen. Uh, Jared Patterson was one of those, though. So if there was a storyline that rivaled Xavier Watts switching back over from safety to wide receiver, it would be the absence of Jared Patterson. That'll be resolved one way or the other when we talk to Marcus Freeman at noon on Thursday. I'm seeing some reports, and we've gotten some own word at blueandgold.com that it might not be good news on the Jared Patterson Mm. front. So if that's the case... That'll be the top storyline for sure. If he's not able to play at Ohio State, that's a really big development. We've known about this wide receiver issue for some time. Obviously, it got a little bit intensified with Avery Davis going down with an ACL, season-ending ACL injury over the weekend. But, uh, you know, he goes out, another guy goes in. If Jarrett Patterson goes out, then, you know, that changes the whole dynamic of that Notre Dame offensive line. We've been talking all August and really in July. I think we reported at blueandgold.com in July that Jarrett Patterson was moving from center to guard for the first time in his football playing career. He's playing guard, and he's been pretty good in the first 10 Notre Dame practices that we've seen. If he goes out, you know, Andrew Mm. Kristoffic took his first team reps today. 
he, he's a viable option. He started the second half of the season last year, but you're losing one of your top three, maybe top two, maybe your best offensive lineman and Jarrett Patterson if he goes out. So that wouldn't be good. Again, we don't know that that's the case. Marcus Freeman will probably devolve the information one way or the other tomorrow, but if it is the case, then that's absolutely the top storyline today is that Jarrett Patterson didn't practice. Mm. Well, if that is reality, and if you lose Patterson for a short amount of time, an extended amount of time, Tyler, you've lost two of your more dependable players on the offensive side of the football in Patterson and Avery Davis, and also, I think, two of the more respected players on this football team. You don't have a a cupcake in the first game to kind of figure things out slowly. I mean, you've got a major contest right off the bat. This would be a major blow to me for this football team if you don't have Jared Patterson. Again, we don't know. We'll find out tomorrow. But you talk about two veteran guys on a side of the football where there's a lot of youth. That just makes me awfully nervous. Marcus Freeman was asked about team captains and a timeline for naming those in his last press conference this past Saturday. And he only named two guys, Avery Davis and Jarrett Patterson. He said, those guys are shoe ends. And like you said, now all of a sudden you're staring, not having either one of those guys on the field in the face against an Ohio state team. That's ranked number two in the country in both preseason polls. Now this is a consensus top five game that Notre Dame is walking into in the very first week of the season. You want your best players on the field. It's looking like two of them might not be on the field. And like you said, on the side of the ball, that if there are questions about this Notre Dame team, it's about the offense. Can a first-year quarterback in Tyler Buckner, first-year starting quarterback in Tyler Buckner, you know, lead these guys to victories over opponents like that? Can he, can he keep them in games against opponents like that? Jared Patterson would go a long way in that and protecting his blind side, you know, the, the left side, when he's dropping back and he's looking to his right, he can't see behind him. He can't see what's coming from the left. Jared Patterson is a yeah. you know big-time factor in protecting that. And obviously Joe Walt is as well. And you pray, if you're a Notre Dame fan, that he maintains his health because that left side of the line, we've been talking about it all fall, fall camp, that it's it's so sound and, you know, Maybe Josh Lugg moving to guard was a little bit more of an experience than moving Jarrett Patterson to guard because those two guys, Joe Alt, Jarrett Patterson, they seem to have a really good chemistry. Jarrett Patterson works really well with starting center Zeke Elliott. All of a sudden you're throwing that for a loop if he can't play. And then with Avery Davis, obviously he was getting starting reps. This is a guy that might have trotted out there on the field with Tyler Buckner in his first series as a starting quarterback. Now you don't have that guy out there. Mm. You're relying on potentially a couple sophomores, Lorenzo Styles, Jaden Thomas. Maybe you throw fifth-year senior Braden Lindsay out there. Braden Lindsay's respected. I don't know if he's respected on the level of Avery Davis, and that's coming from Marcus Freeman, Tommy Reese, some of the teammates. There's really nobody that these guys respect more than Avery Davis. He's not going to play a single snap in 2022. Tyler Horkin, Notre Dame football beat reporter, Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. For blueandgold.com subscribers, you might want to hit the refresh button. You know, quite often the next couple of days for the latest news from all the guys and gals at Blue and Gold Illustrated, including Tyler. And if you're not a subscriber, I mean, the updates on Patterson's were the buck all by itself, let alone having a full year of access at blueandgold.com. Well, Tyler Buckner is now the starting quarterback. 
Anything stand out at practice today watching Buckner lead this offense? I think he looks a little more comfortable every time you see him, and it doesn't even have to be in huddles or during drills. It can be between drills. I think there's a little bit of a sigh of relief. you got to remember, this is a 19-year-old kid who had the question swirling over his head, am I going to be the starter, am I not going to be the starter? Until that was made official on Saturday by Notre Dame and then by Marcus Freeman in his press conference, you had to, I don't know if doubt is the word, but maybe a little bit of curiosity and wondering, and you wanted finality. And Tyler Buckner today looked like someone who had some finality, looked like he was a little more relaxed. You know, every pass isn't going to be scrutinized now. You know, there was a time in, in this quarterback competition where you threw an interception, you were wondering if that was going to be the death knell, and all of a sudden the other guy was going to be named the starting quarterback. Tyler Buckner doesn't have that now. I think that goes a long way. And I think it goes a long way just for him to run out there, and there's some 80 to 100 other guys out there with him who know that that's their quarterback. That's the guy that's going to lead them into the horseshoe against Ohio State. So it's really just a, a comfort thing, a confidence thing. I think Buckner picked that up over the weekend. Uh, he, he's pretty stoic and doesn't show a lot of emotion. So I don't think he's going to be a rambunctious, rowdy guy and, and let loose now that he's the starting quarterback. But anyone who, who would have had what happened on Saturday, you know, throw him up in a press conference and, you know, he's answering questions and people are kind of praising him, patting him on the back. I think that comes with a sigh of relief. He's a guy that kind of exhibited that today. And going forward, I think it's going to be all business. He's always been all business. If you've read some of the stuff that we've written about him at blueandgold.com, you wouldn't question his character whatsoever. Hmm. I think that was just solidified over the weekend. Tyler, how different does the Irish wide receiving core look now with Avery Davis on the sideline? Well, that was answered in part today by bringing Xavier Watts over from the defense. Uh, how different is it now? You've got a completely new guy in that rotation. And I know this Xavier Watts is a guy who pretty much played wide receiver all of last season. It wasn't until uh, toward the end of the season they kind of moved him to safety. And even when they moved him to safety, he wasn't playing much, uh, you know, in terms of getting on the field. So he's always been a wide receiver at heart. I think he's back kind of where he belongs. It's a shame that it took an injury to a guy like Avery Davis for it to happen. But Today he looked crisp. He looked good running his routes, good hands. Uh, he's a really good athlete. And I think that uh, was shown by the confidence in moving him over to safety. Obviously he's um, dependable on both sides of the ball. But what it does is, like I said earlier, uh, you know, maybe Lorenzo Styles can't play as much on the outside as mm-hmm. these Notre Dame coaches were wanting him to. Uh, he was li- Lorenzo Styles was lining up at X and Z a little more than he was in the slot. Now – you've got to keep him in the slot because you don't have that. You're not afforded the ability to split him out because he becomes your best slot wide receiver. And maybe he was always your best slot receiver, but you had the luxury of having a guy like Davis play in the middle. So it's definitely going to be interesting. It makes things interesting. He's one of the last guys that you want to lose from a leadership standpoint. And just from the fact that this Notre Dame wide receiver room was already super thin, it got thinner in the worst way. And guys like Jaden Thomas are going to have to step up. Braden Lindsey's probably going to have to have the best season he's ever had in a Notre Dame uniform. And if that was last year, well, he's, he's tasked with improving. He says he feels as good as he ever has, as fast as he ever has. That has to manifest in – I know these guys aren't all about numbers, but numbers help you win football games. So if Braden Lindsey is 
you know, getting up toward 100 yards a game and, and scoring a couple times instead of the, I think it was only three or four touchdowns last year. That goes a long way. It, it, these guys are just going to have to step up. That's the bottom line. They've only got seven of them right now. Jaden Thomas was on the bikes today. Deion Colsey was on the bikes today. Mm-hmm. So with Xavier Watts, you had six scholarship wide receivers working out with Chancey Stuckey. Passes on those uh, on those gymnastics pads, which, you know what, the whole football field needs to be gymnastics pads for these <laughs> wide receivers right now because yeah. you know they just can't afford any more injuries. Mm. Well, you know I'm a big fan of Styles in the slot. I just wish it wasn't under these circumstances. So, Tyler, two guys I'm really high on are Barong and Stays. A couple of young tight ends on this football team. Of course, we all know the alpha is Michael Mayer. I'm wondering. Who are you keeping an eye on among that young tight end group? Really like those two names. I really liked Mitchell Evans before he got hurt, Mm -hmm. but obviously we might not see him until October in a best-case scenario at this point. So that's a really deep room, and I think that they're going to have to be utilized at this point. Another guy that I would throw into that mix is definitely Eli Raritan. Uh, This is a guy who tore his ACL in late December. I'm not sure how he's doing this uh, to be 18 years old again, I guess, or however old he is, uh, just be able to recover like that because he looks like uh, he's never been injured to that extent in his life. So it's very impressive what he's doing out there. He looks like a wide receiver in a tight end's body, and you have a lot of those with Notre Dame. Michael Mayer catches everything that's – within, you know, it seems like a four-foot, five-foot radius of him, which is very impressive. And all these guys that have come in, they kind of do the same thing. So I think Barong is definitely going to get his looks. Uh, Stays is another one of those guys. Stays and Raritan, you know, if, if I closed my eyes and I looked up and I saw one of them running down the field with the ball, I wouldn't be surprised at all because mm-hmm. I feel like I've seen it over and over again in fall camp. So those are two really – good guys and we can't I know he's not one of the younger guys but we can't lose sight of Kevin Bauman who I think has been really impressive and might start the season as the number two tight end behind Michael Mayer but if you're looking for playmakers pass catchers in that in the Notre Dame tight end room and you're specifically looking for younger guys Holden stays in Eli Raritan Notre Dame did a terrific job landing both of those guys in the same recruiting class because I think they're going to rack up all kinds of numbers by the time their Notre Dame careers are over. Blue and Gold Illustrated's Tyler Horka is my guest. We all know Brandon Joseph's going to be in the starting lineup for the Fighting Irish at a safety spot. There is still, in Marcus Freeman's words, a competition going on for the other safety spot, Brown, Griffith, and Henderson. To me, it would be a shock if it's not D.J. Brown. How do you assess that competition to play alongside Joseph? I see it the same way. And if you would have asked me this in January or maybe December, November of last year, I would have said it's got to be Ramon Henderson next year, just because the hype train was Mm -hmm. crazy about him. He's athletic, but I think he's kind of coming back down to earth in a sense that, you know, it takes a lot to get to a point where you are, you are counted on to be a starter at that position, the last line of defense game in and game out. And Henderson is realizing that he's going through some growing pains. DJ Brown is a guy who, you know, this is it. This is his fifth year. He came back for a reason. And I think it's going to pay off in a, a starting job alongside Brandon Joseph on the back end of that Notre Dame defense. He's been physical in the practices that we've been able to see. He's been fast. He's been really good in coverage. He's not letting guys get loose. 
we've seen the DJ Brown that gets toasted a little bit, and you know that's when Houston Griffith would come in, or maybe they would call on Ramon Henderson at that time last year. I think we're seeing a more confident DJ Brown than we've ever seen. It's you know transpiring in really good athleticism, which he's always had. He's just had to apply it in the right ways. I think he's been really good, and if, if, if you're looking at two starting safeties for Notre Dame against probably the best passing offense in the country. It's going to be Brandon Joseph, and it's going to be D.J. Brown. Finally, give Irish fans some good news. Let's end with something positive. Give me something good about what's happening in the place-kicking competition because things were not exactly smooth in the spring. We haven't seen a whole lot of the kickers, and I'm hoping we have a full practice on Friday, and I'm going to do my best to – you know, if Ashton Pollard, if Patrick Engel are watching offense and defense, I'm going to have to scout out these kickers because I'm dying <laughs> to know as much as anybody. And, and I hope that's not a bad thing for Notre Dame's sake, that they've been kind of hiding them from us. And I hope they're getting their, their work in when media shuffled off the field after 30 or 45 minutes. But you've got to think that Blake Groupie is going to settle down at some point. I mean, this is a guy that kicked for – I think it was five or six years at Arkansas State. He's scored more points in that program's history than anybody else that's ever come through it. I know Arkansas State's not a powerhouse, but that's a lot of football players that come through, a lot of guys who score touchdowns. Blake Groupie's never scored a touchdown in his life. He's kicked enough field goals to be that guy. So you've got a graduate senior. Maybe he was just a little nervous kicking in front of people for the first time ever at Notre Dame Stadium in the Blue Goal game, and that's why he missed one of two attempts. Josh Bryan missed, you know, both attempts. So it'd be a miraculous turnaround if somehow he was the guy that beat out Blake Groupie for the place-kicking competition. But, you know, at some point, that's his only job when you're talking about about Blake Groupie. You've got to go out there and you've got to make kicks. Now, do you want him attempting a 48-yarder to maybe tie or beat Ohio State in the waning seconds of that game? I don't know. I, I think you'd rather have Tyler Buckner in the ball in his hands and you either win or lose with that guy. But... I just think that Blake Groupie is too much of a veteran to completely let this opportunity to kick with a gold helmet on your head pass him by and not make the most of it. So it, there's your good news. I, I think you could put a little bit of trust in Blake Groupie just being that, you know, he's done this before. Maybe not at Notre Dame, but he's done this before. Speaking of groupies, everybody should be a blueandgold.com groupie because it's cool to be a blueandgold.com groupie. And you know what? It only costs you a buck to be a part of the group. Right. And I, every time I come on here, I tout you know all the coverage that we have. But I, I think I'll just bring up a message board thread that we've had in the last week. And okay. somebody said it's the best community of Notre Dame fans that exists on the Internet. So – if you want to be a part of a community of thousands of people who root for the same college football team as you do, and in some instances the same college baseball, hockey, women's basketball, men's basketball teams as you, it's only $1 to get on there and have limitless conversation. There's so many things that we're talking about on that message board day in and day out. It can get a little hectic at times, but that's what a message board is. At the end of the day, I think I agree with that thread. It's a great community of Notre Dame fans. And for only $1, I don't know why you wouldn't be a part of it if you bleed blue and gold like the rest of the, those people on there. Man, make it in a commercial. That's perfect. That's all the details. That's everything you need to know. Just join blueandgold.com, and you will be covered with everything happening with 
Fighting Irish Athletics, and you will read a lot of articles from Tyler Horka, the Notre Dame football beat reporter at blueandgold.com. Great work as always, Tyler. Thank you so much. And when we talk to you next week, we'll be down to 10 days. We're getting close. 10 days. I love the sound of that. Talk to you next week, Darren. All right. Thank you. Tyler Horka, beat reporter, Blue and Gold Illustrated. Check out all the work they do at blueandgold.com. All right. We'll have to see about Jared Patterson, obviously, at the start of our conversation. Uh, Tyler mentioning that there might be some concern about the All-American candidate along the Irish offensive line. We'll see possibly tomorrow. What the status of Patterson is, Marcus Freeman is scheduled to meet the media, so we're probably going to have to hold our breath for the next 17 hours and 30 minutes until noon tomorrow when Marcus is scheduled to meet the media. That is a massive black cloud over this football team right now. You talk about a competitor, high-end football player, leader, everything. Jared Patterson brings to the table, that would be an enormous loss. We'll keep our fingers crossed. Let's hope it was just a bug, maybe some food poisoning, whatever the case may be. Let's hope it's something like that, but we'll probably find out tomorrow. And again, for updates, check out blueandgold.com and hang out with us here on Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat every weeknight from 5 to 7 on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Precision Innovation. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 